0: We are joined by the 47th state representative up near Chicago. Deanne Mazzocchi is with us, a Republican there. Uh, Well, Representative, uh, let's get right into it. Um, We've got, uh, of course, something that's hmm, considered rather historic. Uh, House Speaker Michael Madigan going to be the subject of a special investigative committee looking into what exactly happened with the utility com ed in a deferred prosecution agreement from back in July. Uh, You were named on this bipartisan committee in the House. That's got three Democrats and three Republicans. Uh, And we didn't know last week exactly when the hearing would be, but it was finally scheduled. And now we know it's going to be Thursday here in Springfield. What do we intend to 9 9 a.m.? I'll I'll be be there uh, if I can get into the room. We'll see how that works out with COVID-19 restrictions. But what do you expect to happen?
1: Uh, you know, we don't know uh, on our side of the aisle uh, because we don't have actual control of the committee, the Democrats do. Uh, we don't know exactly what is, in fact, going to happen come Thursday. Certainly, I know what I would like to see happen. What I think I would like to see happen is that the Special Investigating Committee needs to, first and foremost, ensure we have a fair framework for these proceedings going forward that's going to lead to transparency and sunshine on how the speaker in his office is functioning in Springfield. And I think it's critical that we develop a complete record, not only for the other members of the House, but also for the people of Illinois. So Thursday will be the beginning of that process.
0: What would that complete record look like? I mean, can't people read news stories that uh, would highlight what the deferred prosecution agreement was and uh, you know how it uh, does somewhat implicate uh, Michael Madigan?
1: Sure. Well, I think that the deferred prosecution agreement uh, in many ways just scratches the surface of how the federal government confirmed there was bribery of public official A and his associates. So really it's our job to to first get full transparency as to exactly what was going on. And then also understand what did the speaker know? When did he know it? What orders went out on his watch? And I think that this is uh, one of the opportunities that the speaker is also going to have to actually come forward. Um, He has issued statements saying that he believes that there was nothing that was done wrong. And, you know, if, that's his position. That's fine. And I think it's important for the committee to understand why Speaker Madigan thinks that bribery didn't happen, why he thinks conspiracy to bribe him didn't happen, and why he thinks improper efforts to curry favor with him did not happen. And I absolutely look forward to seeing from him and seeing uh, his evidence on that.
0: We're talking with uh, State Representative D.M. Ozaki from Elmhurst, and she is uh, one of the uh, three Republicans on a, uh, a committee that's going to be investigating the Ed Deferred Prosecution Agreement Uh, And late Friday, uh, Representative, we saw uh, another, uh, I guess you could say a shoe drop here or, uh, you know, uh, a name associated with this. um, The federal prosecutors in the Northern District late Friday before Labor Day holiday weekend, uh, they they indicted uh, the former uh, vice president for governmental affairs with ComEd uh, in this uh, this scheme, this this nearly 10 year long scheme. Uh, and we have a name now associated with that. if there was, of course, anything else that comes out over the course of the special investigative committee, is that going to be brought in to unpack and to add to the the, the record that's being generated here?
1: You know, I don't want to speculate um, as of today before you know our first meeting on Thursday has even started. Certainly, I know that the underlying petition, while it's focused on the deferred prosecution agreement did in fact focus on uh, at least 12 other areas where the federal government has expressed some interest. And certainly we need to look at patterns and practices that have been uh, going on in connection uh, with the speaker's office. Because again, I think even other democratic legislators have expressed very real concerns about potential abuse of power that could be going on and, and even creating the perception that bribery and conspiracy are acceptable in the people's house. That's obviously a very serious problem when it comes to our goal of preserving the integrity of the House. So, again, I'm not going to speculate as to what is or isn't going to be relevant and and what people are or aren't going to uh, contest. You know, we simply don't know today uh, where the investigation is going to lead, but I certainly know that what the investigation does have to do is uh, make sure that the truth comes out.
0: Representative Mizaki is with us on News Talk 94.7, uh, I should say, on 92.7, four seven and 970 WMAY. Representative, let's talk about that indictment of Madigan. It hasn't happened yet. I realize that your expertise is more in patent and life sciences law, but still, you know more than the average bear when it comes to criminal law, too. You know, why do you think prosecutors are taking so long to get that indictment on Madigan?
1: You know, again, I'm not going to uh, prejudge what can and can't be done. Um, you know, there is a phrase down in Springfield of never bet against the speaker. So, you know, again, I think that, um, you know, from my position as a member of the special investigating committee, my job is to really do something that's different from what the federal government is doing and even from what the civil uh, racketeering case is doing when it comes to the speaker. You know, we have to be focused on the integrity of the House, conduct unbecoming, uh, those particular types of things, you know, is the office of the speaker being abused in terms of, you know, the the tactics and strategy for the federal government? I I could speculate, but that's all that it would be is speculation.
0: Representative, um, one of the criticisms I've heard um, since the COMED uh, uh, deferred prosecution agreement was uh, revealed back in July was you know, why why hadn't we seen the special investigative committee called for earlier? Uh, it's been weeks since that deferred prosecution agreement was there. Uh, can you can you explain? I guess the thinking there. What was leadership thinking during those weeks uh, leading up to when last week we finally saw the uh, house rule 91 uh, you know nobody knows what house rule 91 is but but it was finally used to uh, spur on this special investigative committee why why did it take so long
1: um you know I'm not again I'm not going to speculate one way or the other and certainly that's a question that we can uh, ask the petitioner in this case and certainly I hope that uh, the framework that that uh, representative Welsh sets up for the special investigating committee is going to allow both sides to present their positions on all of these issues because I think that is one of the best ways that you can get to the truth of the matter. Um, What I do think, though, um, certainly a question that I have been asked is, what is it about this deferred prosecution agreement? And I think what is unique about the deferred prosecution agreement is that, you know, there have always been, um, you know, rumors and allegations that have swirled around with regard to the speaker. Um, The you know, this is now an instance where we have at, at least the federal government and ComEd agreeing that ComEd admitted they tried to bribe the speaker in, you know, public official A. Now, again, the speaker, to my knowledge, has not had the opportunity to have input into those proceedings. So, again, he has maintained his innocence. So that is certainly something that the special investigating committee can and should consider is what is, you know, what is the speaker's evidence? What is it that he has to say about all of this? Um, because we do need to actually investigate those issues and figure out, again, the truth of what was going on.
0: Representative, this isn't a court of law. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting from, uh, from, you know, somebody watching this to, to watch how this unfolds. Uh, when it comes to the speaker, what kind of rights will he have uh, if he's asked to testify and answer questions directly? That will he, will he have like the right to plead the Fifth Amendment and you know not uh, uh, you know put himself in any kind of legal jeopardy? Or what, what kinds of rights uh, would would the speaker have in all of this?
1: You know, again, I'm not here to serve as the speaker's legal counsel, and uh, we we know that he is ably uh, represented by counsel um, in a variety of proceedings. Um, certainly though, I will say with regard to Fifth Amendment rights, any any citizen in the United States has the in, in any resident of the United States has the right to invoke their Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. Uh to date, I don't have any uh knowledge or indication that the speaker plans to do that, but um, you know, certainly that is his right to do so um if he is so inclined.
0: Representative Diamazaki from elmhurst thank you so much for taking time with us. It's a little bit of a <laughs> it's real early in the morning to start talking about you know procedures and, and hearings and special <laughs> investigations and whatnot, but we appreciate you breaking it down for us, and we'll be watching uh, Thursday whenever you guys kick off that first special investigative uh, committee.
1: Exactly. Well, hopefully uh, this time in Springfield we'll actually have the novelty of a committee that will start on time. There you go.
0: Nine o'clock Thursday <laughs> at Springfield. Be there. We'll have the Starbucks for you. <laughs> Representative Mizaki. thank you so much for Have a good time. morning.
1: Thank you so much. Have a great day.